This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Do you wish you could find a home for everything in your home? From the bedroom to the bathroom, living room to the garden, Very has all kinds of space-saving sets and storage essentials to keep everything neat and tidy. From sideboards to side tables, cabinets to cupboards, it's easy to create a stylish space in your place with Very. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. So welcome Laura Whitmore to Open Mind today, um, TV presenter and actress now, Laura. Oh, uh, sure. Why not? Do a couple of things. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I remember talking to you about this before. Uh, people like to put you in a box to do one thing. So as soon as you go out of one box and, and tick another box as well, it confuses people. Yeah, I was going to say that to you because I remember you saying there was like that thing of people say, like kind of saying stick to your lane. Um, And have you found that along the way or has it got a bit easier? I think it gets a bit easier. I feel the UK is different to the US. Um, In the US, they're a bit more open to doing different things. Um, And sometimes you have to show people. I always think rather than telling people what you want to do, it's always better to show people. And I think that even worked from since I started out in MTV. I didn't really have any experience. I won a competition to be an MTV presenter. And suddenly I'm interviewing you know, people like Coldplay or The Saturdays and I'm like, I've no experience. So the best thing to do is just to show people, but it does confuse people. Um, I remember when I, I went and did a play for six months and one of um, the bosses at MTV went, so what, are you an actor now? What's that about? Like made some comment like really? that. And I, I was like, it's not like I've suddenly gone into, you know, becoming a doctor. Uh, it, or it, it's still storytelling. It's still... It might be a little bit off the lane, but it's you know it's not that far away from the main road. So uh, I yeah, it confuses people. But uh, I I think you also have to you reach a stage in your life where you do what's best for you, and you have to kind of get rid of the white noise of other people's opinions. I think as well these days everyone's kind of you know every, everyone's. I kind of find when I'm filling out a form, and you know yeah. when it says occupation, <gasps> I have write? no idea what to write. Do you write something different every time? Yes. <laughs> Because I have no idea and I feel like that's kind of the way the world works now. We all kind of have our fingers in so many different pies and everyone's yeah. doing like, especially in the entertainment industry, it's not as black and white anymore and as straightforward and you do have to do lots of different things. I, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel I I definitely have imposter syndrome. So sometimes when I'm filling out that form, even when I write down, I write down different things depending on what form it is. If it's my car insurance, I'm like broadcaster um, because it sounds a little bit more <laughs> official um, than TV presenter or actor. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes when I write things down, I even saying actor, sometimes I just feel, oh God, I shouldn't say that. I don't have enough experience. I haven't showed the world enough what I can do to to have the privilege of writing that down on a piece of paper. Uh, so yeah, I, it is weird. I do get a bit funny about what I write. And also I call it the, the slasher effect. So am I a slasher? Am I a presenter slash DJ slash broadcaster slash actor? Uh, and then as soon as how many <laughs> slashes can I have before it's unacceptable? <laughs> Yeah, that's so. I'm so glad it's not just me then, because I would have thought you would just put TV presenter. Like I know you have loads yeah. of other things, but that would be your go-to. And like mine still naturally is singer, and I'm like, yeah. but I'm not really anymore. <laughs> it's just because that's what you're used to putting down for so long, and then sometimes you have to go. But yeah, I I mix it up. I say different things depending on what form I'm filling in, depending on what mood I'm in, and yeah. and what job I'm happening to uh, happening to do that week. Like, 
Yeah, I suppose so. And did you always know you wanted to be a TV presenter then? Because I didn't realise that you got into it in a competition. Yeah, I am... My background, I studied drama and I studied journalism. So I always was a little bit obsessed with storytelling in in some form and talking to people. I never wanted to sit at a desk. I grew up with just my mom in a small town in Ireland. And um, mom knew, she always said from a young age, I would never be able to, I I, I can't sit still. So I'd never be good at just sitting down in front of a computer because I was always like on the go or moving around. Mm. Um, And... I just I loved performing uh, and I think I grew up with just my mom and I have two half brothers but they're a lot younger than me so I kind of grew up grew up being an only child and my kind of go-to and my escapism and my little world was in my room watching television or putting on little plays um, and little performances to keep myself occupied and I even remember I had this karaoke machine I got for Christmas uh, that instead of using it for karaoke I used it to make a radio show so my friend would come over and we'd record (laughs) this really bad radio show we do the weather and everything and uh, that was like a really early memory I have of keeping myself occupied by telling these little stories. I feel like a lot of us used to do it. Like, cause I used to do it with my sister because you could yeah. press record, couldn't you, on a tape player? Yeah, and you could like and listen back. Yeah, and we always used to do that as well because you could also record music off of the radio. So you could like, and the next song is. And yes. <laughs> oh, I remember listening to my local radio station because rather than having to go and pay for the cassette tape, I just used to record the song. But- yeah. We lived in an age where you just had to listen to the radio until your song came on. I remember like Spice, Spice Girls, Wannabe, and just like holding my finger over the record button, waiting for the song to come on so I could record it and then put it on my radio show. So as a child, would you say you were quite quite confident then if you were into performing Strangely, I, I wasn't. I, it, again, it was my little escapism. I remember when I was uh, probably about five or six my mom said that the teacher called her in to say that I wasn't really speaking in class that I was really shy Mm -hmm. um and just that not that she was worried about me but just that she was watching it and uh my mom sent me off for drama lessons and she said that was the day it all changed and I came really I came home with like a hand on my hip and I had attitude (laughs) (laughs) she was like what have I created oh Um, I love that but yeah, I guess because I spend a lot of time by myself uh, <laughs> in my room, uh, probably like a lot of kids. But uh, yeah, I just found the little ways of keeping myself busy and occupied. And I always say when I started doing drama class and drama lessons and similar when I stood went to university and I lived away from home when I was 17 and uh, I didn't really know anyone in my university. I joined the drama society and it's always like how I found my people Um also, similarly, when I went and did a semester abroad in Boston uh, in my final year, the fourth year of my degree, I again kind of felt, oh, God, here I am in Boston. And like every, all the Americans seemed so cool and trendy. And here's this girl from mm. Ireland. And I joined the drama group. And I, I auditioned for a play and got into a play. And I was like, I found my people. So it didn't matter where I was in the world when I kind of found that drama group or maybe just like a group of loners who their escapism was through I don't know performance or I don't know had these egos that needed to be massaged and somehow uh, mm. once I found them I was like oh these are my people so it's funny that you feel like you kind of still have this imposter syndrome when actually it's something you've been doing for years it's not like you turned around yesterday and went oh I'm gonna do acting now you've been doing that since you were so young oh, well I think faking it till you make it I feel like I've always been acting pretending that I knew what I was doing uh, I still remember the first day of my job uh, for MTV and 
I moved to I moved to London. I had to find a place to live in London, and London's so expensive. I remember just even trying to be able to find anywhere that I could afford to live because I got this great job, and I had the it looked glamorous from the outside, but I still had to pay a month's deposit, rent, um, and and it, we didn't have the glamour. I know behind the scenes there wasn't hair and makeup, and there wasn't styling, and you're on television every day, uh, trying to keep up and trying to look like you belong there, even though mm. I definitely felt like I didn't, um. And then I went to LA on my first day and I had to interview like the Pussycat Dolls and the first interview I ever oh did was God. Coldplay with Chris Martin. And I like doing my own hair and makeup. And I remember just being like, just pretend you should be here because no one knows you shouldn't be here. So just pretend. And I think I've kind of kept that mentality even now, even when I'm doing different things, even when I'm on radio, when I'm, if I'm filming something, if I'm on TV or if I, whether it's acting or presenting, I'm still just pretending I know what I'm doing, yeah. if that makes sense. How was it then for you coming, you know, moving from Ireland, just being you and your mum and then moving to London? That must have been terrifying. Mad. It was mad. It it probably should have been more terrifying than it was. Sometimes I don't, re- you know, when you're in something, you don't really realise because you're too yeah. busy living it, which is nice. And it was busy and it was fast paced and I was filming every day and uh, I was just trying to survive each day. So I wasn't really thinking too much. Which was so how old were you? So I was twenty. I won the competition when I was twenty-two, and I'm really, um, I'm really happy I was that age because I don't know about you, because I know you were very young when you started out. I felt mm. because I was a little bit older and I had these four years at university. Not necessarily. I studied broadcast journalism, but not necessarily that. The I shouldn't say this, but not necessarily the classes helped me, but the growing up of living away from home for those few years, yeah, and being away from being in the media, I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. I had my first boyfriend, my first proper boyfriend, and my first proper breakup. So I felt like even at twenty two, I had had this life that I'd lived, and I had mm-hmm. been hurt before, and I'd gone through all the stuff before I had to deal with that on a different level. Yeah, and what made you go for this competition then? What did you have to do? Ah, so I remember, so I was back in Ireland and uh, I was, was I in my final year? I was, oh, I was in my final year of university, but I was interning in this radio station and they just offered me a permanent job. So I was working in a newsroom um, that was a high stress, I'd say. And, and I was like the new kind of young intern. So people didn't really talk to you. I probably had a I was probably way too enthusiastic for them. Like, I'm going to help you. And they're just like ignoring me and sending me off to do like really boring jobs. But um, I remember I just had gone through a breakup with like my first boyfriend and I was home one night and I had MTV on and an MTV news came on and this little bulletin flashed up and said, we're looking for a new face of MTV Europe. And I remember years ago, I don't know if you remember, they used to do shows like that all the time called like, Is She MTV? I remember they did one Richard Blackwood hosted and there was one around the time of Edith Bowman and Davina. But I hadn't really done a show like that in years and there wasn't really these opportunities. And I come from a background where (laughs) no one in my family is in this line of work at all like at all like my mom um is a single parent who is a civil servant uh worked for the department of the environment uh my dad who I have a great relationship with but I didn't grow up in his house um he worked in finance and property so I just didn't come from this so I thought the only way of getting into it is to get a contact uh somehow and yeah so I had this email address because it said to send a little video off uh and I had this email address and I'm like yes I've got an email address so that's half the battle what did you have to do so I sent a I had to record a two minute 
news bulletin that I just made up myself and I didn't have <laughs> this wasn't the age of smartphones where we just had cameras on our phone we I had to borrow a camera from my university oh, yeah yeah uh, I know like it was so, so easy to make videos now but then it wasn't so we um recorded a video my friend my, my mate uh John um very kindly recorded it and we put it on like a like a dvd like no like an actual physical dvd and sent it <laughs> off and, and also it was through myspace as well so i had to upload it onto myspace and send it to them and um yeah and so i i got a call about two months later saying that they had three thousand people enter it and i was down to the last 150 and then oh my goodness that's the shit that's what i ended up winning and i won the contract that's nuts. Mad. I love that. It's so old school though as it's well. It's so old school. But even even to this day, I get a lot of people messaging me who want to get into television. And I think it's different. The opportunities have changed. Um, it's very hard to kind of get that initial step uh, step up, especially if you don't come from it and you're not connected to anybody. And uh, we're really mm. lucky now we can make our own contact, our own, we can make our own content with YouTube and things like that. But um mm it's very hard to kind of get directly into television and, and that was such a great opportunity and I feel so blessed that I took it because mom my mom used to always say like if you're not in it you can't win it so you know sometimes you're at home going oh I haven't won the lotto I'm like well have you bought a lotto ticket it's the same yeah. thing with, with, with anything in your life if you, if you haven't put yourself out there it's not going to come knocking on the door you have to break the door down yourself and what do you think then attracted you to acting do you think it's like escapism or getting to be someone else or? Yeah, probably an element of escapism, probably ego involved as well. I think anyone who's in this industry has to have some sort of ego yeah. but, uh, or want to belong or want to be loved. I don't know, it probably goes back to something really deep. Um, but uh, I, I, when I was younger, just my best memories were I had two older cousins who are like my big sisters because I, I never had older sisters and um I have these two cousins and they I remember when I was a kid going to see them do plays and stuff and and we used to kind of put on little performances at Christmas and that was my happy place um Mm. that was a way of a way of you're still yourself but you can kind of experiment with other elements of your personality and again when I was a shy child I could go into drama and play a character and be this really confident person and there's definitely elements I could I could play on that and um you have to be that's the one thing I've kind of learned through the last few years when I've been doing a little bit more acting and I went back and I studied acting was trying to too not let too much of your personal stuff get in because I found sometimes I'd be playing a character and I let Laura's personal life get too into it and it's mm. trying to differentiate between the two of them because otherwise it, it can be a lot to to work through yeah I, I I went to New York and I did like a two-week intense yeah, course yeah and I and I remember them saying the same thing because I'd always only ever heard of like method acting where people yeah. use from their own experiences and they were like you'll just drain yourself from doing that like having to go in and say if you're a, a, a character that's crying every day and really unhappy if you're having to pull from those things like every day it can be too much and I'd never really thought of it like that. Yeah, so. I, I remember doing um, doing a show and we were doing like eight shows a week um, and uh, it was a UK tour and I, in it, my character, um, my character's like one of her closest friends um, is murdered um, and there's a scene and like every night you have to kind of end up in tears and kind of get to that stage. But in real life, in Laura's life, um, I had found out uh, the day before that a, a girl who was younger than me, who I was working with, had, had passed away. And mm. 
uh, it was only when I was on stage and I said I said a line and I realized that the name was the same name as the girl. I just it just didn't resonate until I was on stage and oh, I, wow. the tears came and I couldn't stop them. And then it goes into the interval and I was really worried about doing the second half of the show because I'd let myself get involved too much. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so it was really hard to... Because at the time, I'm like, oh, I can use these emotions. And then I thought, oh, no, this is a dangerous game because I can't stop them now. Mm, yeah. Oh, God, I can imagine. That's so weird how you didn't put two and two together just, until, until you were out I was there. on stage and I had to say the name was Sophie. And until I had to say Sophie, and I just, just something clicked and I just was like, oh, shit. Mm. I think for you, like, like you said, it was kind of this imposter syndrome and people thinking you've got to stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, with going into acting and being a presenter, that's what everyone knew you for. Yeah. Have you felt a lot of pressure over the years of being in the public eye, obviously kind of coming from being in Ireland, then coming over to London, being thrown into being this new MTV presenter, and then you've kind of grown from there. Have you yeah. ever felt those pressures? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressures. I, I think I was lucky when I started in MTV because I felt it was, although it was a competition, it was very under the radar and I had I had a chance to grow. I had a chance to get better. Um yeah. I had a chance to learn and I learned a lot about being a presenter by doing. And I think, like like I said before, you have to show people. Um, it, it goes similar to you have to do it to learn how to do it because you can only learn so much from people telling you. You just have to do it. Uh, and the more... I interviewed the more people I met, the more, more I realized that everyone's just a person. I remember interviewing everyone from like Jennifer Lopez to P. Diddy to Britney Spears. And I just remember going, ah like you're you're just normal <laughs> like mm. as normal as you can be for the the weird environment that you're in but yeah you and I would interview people and I'd be nervous going into the room and then I realized that they'd be a little bit nervous because I'm the one asking the questions and that's when I realized ah oh, we're all kind of just making this up as we go along which yeah. um yeah it was such an epiphany when, when that happened and it did it made it easier going forward and I feel like, you know, as as women, there's often a lot of pressure and a lot of judgment on the way that we look. And, yeah. you know, you're known for like your style and beautiful, obviously. Do you ever find that difficult or have you found that difficult over the years? I got pissed off because everything I did in the papers and I, th- I definitely... I think I'm right in saying that women get this more than men how you're defined is what you're wearing or who you're going out with and I remember there was one article in a publication um where I think there was five different people mentioned Mm -hmm. and everyone was mentioned all the men were defined by what they did and all the women were defined by who they went out with or how they looked I really so I think yeah I think I'm trying to think who was on that list, but say they'd say something like sports presenter or a Duba. And then they said, uh, George Clooney's former love, Lisa Snowden. And and I, and everyone like, and I just looked through it all. I'm like, Oh my God, like that's crazy. Uh, mm. And I remember actually just saying it to the publication. I remember putting it up on Twitter and which is a one positive with Twitter. Sometimes you can get something out there straight away. And, mm. and they changed it because I honestly don't think they did it intentionally. I think we're just so used to defining women by, who they're going out with or how they look that they just 
didn't realize that they were doing that. Uh, but I did notice when I'd interview people, I would be talking about, yeah, people are interested in your love life or how you look more so than actually here's a girl who has worked her ass off, who kind of came from the small town, single parent uh, in Ireland and is trying to make a career for herself and is working hard along the way. And I did... It did get to me a little bit because I felt a bit demeaned uh, and mm. obviously it's personal for me so you feel it more other people probably didn't notice it but it really it really got to me. I think I find that a lot that's kind of the thing that people are more interested in or so mm. I've noticed it more since I did the books that articles would come out and it would then end up mainly being about Wayne or Wayne's yeah. past or um yeah. and and things like that and you definitely and it being in the Saturdays obviously in a girl band that's kind of your main role anyway but it was always what you're wearing and who you're mm-hmm. with and I'd never experienced that before and it, it does get a bit frustrating and you're right it completely happens more to women than it does to men yeah and and then you kind of get to a stage where you have to to try and take control back because you don't really have control over what people write about you or say about mm. you. And and I kind of thought if I do a certain type of job, is that like when I did Strictly, and I know you did Strictly as well, mm. I def and I love that show so much and I love dancing and I love the the actual show element of it, but everything, the circus around it, I found really hard to deal with. And I kind of had to think, do I want to put myself up for doing a show like that because a lot of people said well it comes with territory you know you've got paps outside your house you've got articles written about you constantly uh, every little thing you say any person you talk to and I remember going why am I putting myself up for this because this isn't about dancing at all no it's not it's not and and no. I found that really really eye-opening and and looking at little triggers that don't work for me and, and that's why with other jobs that have kind of come since then I'm like well I love the show but I don't want to deal with that shit uh, and maybe we get to a stage where we can kind of do the show without the shit, but it it is tough. This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Relaxation is really good for you. For a start, it can help to lower blood pressure and improve concentration and mood. So the more you chill, the better you feel which gives you a great excuse to check out Very's range of products designed to help you unwind, including night body butter, bath soaks, scented candles and cosy jumpsuits. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. You know, when Love Island, when that came up for you, was that quite a hard decision for you to make? Yeah, it's it was such a such a weird one because there's so many emotions going on, yeah. and uh, I love that show, and I think it's a great show. I kind of wish now when we're all in lockdown, I could be watching that show because it's yeah. such a great escapism. And um, so I might w- go back and watch some of the older series, but I um I love that show, and it was such a weird situation to find yourself in, um, getting a job like that, but in those circumstances, and. I, I a part of me was like I don't know if I want this I, really? I again I I want to do the show I think I'm good at live telly um and I enjoy the show but do I want the shit show that goes with it um mm. and I'd seen people have to go th- through it before and I didn't know if I wanted to put myself up for that I'm also very aware that Ian my other half is 
is connected to the show. I mean, we don't actually technically work together because we do different jobs, but it's the same show. So is that opening up my personal life uh, for everyone's entertainment uh, because mm. I feel that they can? Because, you know, a journalist thinks because you put a picture up on Instagram that she can talk about you. Does that mean if we're doing a show together, then definitely, you know, there, there, there's there's nothing... Um, that you can't talk about so mm. there's lots of things like that I had to I had to really think about um uh, and that was only from having 10 years in the industry where I've had to deal with it yeah I did wonder if the fact that Ian was on the show would kind of make you because I think it would make me kind of second guess myself yeah. it's no different to someone working in an office and then you going oh should I go and work in that yeah. same office the I same don't know. environment and, yeah. and it was really important that I um I talked to Ian about it as well because I got offered the job and before Ian knew um, obviously we live in the same house so he knew yeah. quite quickly but it was really important because that's you know his show I, I, I know a lot of people who work on the show because I've worked on and the Brits and BAFTAs and I'm a celeb and even MTV days there's a lot of similar crew but I he, that was his thing um mm-hmm. so it's like how would I feel if he suddenly was doing a radio show on the same station that I do do you know like just stuff like yeah. that and a lot of people thought oh well of course you're going to jump on it because he works on it but if anything it kind of made us go oh god maybe we have to think this but the one thing that kind of helped me with the decision was if I wasn't going out with him I would do it so why would it stop me because I am going out with him and also I suppose uh, did you find the pressure because the show was already massive like I feel like if a show was new and also you're not stepping into someone else's shoes it would be easier to make that choice yeah, again, I like I would always love to kind of do a new show where you can build a format and kind of work from the ground upwards. Um, because a lot of things, even with MTV and things like that, you're kind of stepping into like people who've done the show before. When I did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Caroline had obviously hosted that show before and Emma Willis. So you're always kind of, but then the thing is, if you look at most TV shows, they're a format of another show. So everyone, like Emma taking over from Davina doing Big Brother and um, and yeah. even Emma taking over from Holly doing The Voice. And every if you kind of think that way, there are probably no exactly new shows. Everything's based on a dating show or based on a different type of reality show or entertainment show or challenge show. So you kind of have to just make it your own as much as possible. That That's all mm-hmm. you can do. And everyone's different. As soon as you do a show, it's your own stamp on it. It was... Um, when it was the winter show, it was nice that it was a different location, that it felt fresh and new. So everyone was kind of learning new things. Yeah, I but, suppose um, so. It still takes a while to kind of work out what's the best thing for you. And all you can think about is the best thing for you and what you think is right at that time. Yeah. And I think because it was one of those situations, it was so publicized yeah. and everyone was talking about it. So it was just even worse for you, I feel like. it. <sighs> It, it's that thing of people's opinion of it like does it look like you're just jumping in yeah. into a bad situation like you know taking a bad situation oh. with someone else and making it good for it's, you oh I've had I've had every single comment that you can like from yeah. the extremes from all spectrums going I can't believe you've stolen someone's job and like that for, for me I couldn't think of anything worse and it's such a horrible thing for someone to say because it was a situation that I didn't particularly want and I came into later and uh and it's just it's so it's so surreal the whole thing is surreal that you're still kind of navigating through it um mm. and and the one 
the one thing that I've always said from, from the start when I got offered the job and I had the first call before I even met anybody was I just need to speak to Caroline and I want to talk mm-hmm. to Caroline because I also did I also didn't know what the story is because I try not to read newspapers but you from being online from news feeds you pick up things so I didn't know what was true and what wasn't true so yeah I I wanted to find that out without everyone else's opinion kind of coming on top so I could make a clear decision for myself yeah so you guys made it together she spoke to you and you've said she that messaged, before yeah and she met it was it was really lovely because um again I I didn't want to get too involved with what was going on in Caroline's life um to do with any court case or anything because that's none mm. of my business it's none of my business it's none of anyone's business bar the people who are involved in it um and I didn't yeah, I didn't want to ask her too many questions, but I wanted to make sure she was okay. And she actually messaged me first um, saying I, because she knew that she was stepping down from that series and mm. she, she got, someone had to do it. And she just messaged me saying, I, I hope it's you that, that does it. And I was like, oh, it was just so nice to get that message because I, I didn't, I didn't have the job at that stage. I just had, you know, phone calls and meetings, but um, I said, look, they've called me, but I don't know yet. I don't even know how I feel. And I, no decision will be made before I, uh, and I without like, telling you um, because I, mm. I feel like you, she deserved that respect and she deserved that because she had created it yeah I just I just remember seeing it all and I did really feel for you because I knew I know what people are like and I knew what people would say and I just thought it's a really difficult position in some people's mm. eyes it's like well of course she'll do it it's an amazing show it's massive she's gonna mm. want to do it you know and all of that and then also there is that thing is she is your friend it was a horrible situation it wasn't like she had stepped down because she was done and ready to yeah. move on to something else and so I really I really felt for you with that and it's nice that she reached out to you and you know, and it, and it goes against what everyone wants to write about. You know, like women rivalry. And, yeah, yeah. Like, no, some women can support other women, and I think that and, just doesn't make a, as good a story. Yeah, and you know, there's like in everyone's life, they've ups and downs, and and Caroline went through some like times that I can't even imagine, and it was just I feel blessed that you know, my last, like last time I, I've talked to her has, was so positive and she, and this is the sad thing because she, <laughs> this, you have to be really careful with friends because know, they look yeah. like, they, they look like they're, they're fine. And, um, one of the, la- actually, I haven't even said this to anyone, but one of the la- like last things she said to me was actually, this is probably a good thing what's happening now. Cause I have a lot of things that I need to deal with and that I, mm. I want to work through. And I remember thinking, Oh, this is like, I remember just thinking, oh, she's going to, she's going to come out of this and she's going to come back with a bang and it's going to yeah. be, and, and, and we've seen people do that before. And, uh, and I just feel maybe again, I was just being naive, but I, I really did, did not see it going the other way at all, at all. No, I think I, I was the same, you know, I did strictly with her yeah. and I'm not going to sit here and say we were like best friends, but we, yeah. she, you know, she's on our group chat and that chat still, there's always a conversation every day. Yeah. Um, and I did the same. I didn't want to, I didn't message her about it all because I just thought that's what everyone's going to be doing. Yeah. Everyone's reading stuff. Everyone's, you Everyone know, has she's, an opinion. yeah. And she's dealing with it. Um, but I was on this morning uh, talking about the book and she texted me and said, um, just watched you on this morning. It was great. And I was like, oh thank you I was like look I haven't been in touch because I didn't want to put you in an awkward position hope you're okay and she said you've really inspired me today so for me I was like oh like she's doing okay it seemed positive 
Um, so I was gutted. I, I, but I like you, I was glad that when I had spoken was... to her, it was positive. It was a nice conversation. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 yeah, it just shocked me. And I think that's a prime example of you don't know what people are going through. Um, not one person can be to blame. And, and we don't, we, and we, we'll never know the reasons. No, exactly. You'll never know what was, what was going on in someone's head. And also, Caroline was dealing with a lot and there's a lot of stuff that she was dealing with that that maybe not everyone knows about and um there's a lot of things that that she had to sort out and there's only so much that that we can think about and talk about without exactly. knowing the actual situation um it's it's just I don't know I still don't think I've fully my brain hasn't computed no me neither exactly the same and how will it how will it be for you I don't know if you obviously know if you're going back to Love Island or not but do you think it's going to be quite difficult for everyone I imagine yeah we um the decision was made after the series to just not talk not not talk about any further series for like I think everyone who worked on that show um most people knew Caroline and uh I think we all just I think a lot of people took a month off um yeah and it was only last month that we were on air so um so everyone kind of had a month off to to themselves and mm-hmm. um before thinking and i it's really weird because it, it's there's so much um ups and downs and obviously the downs have been horrific and i do have to also mention that there were some wonderful times working on that show in this series and, and yeah i love that show and that show the people in that show the people who work on that show Oh, they're just like the loveliest people in the world. And they mm-hmm. really helped me get through a really tough time. And I remember even I had to chat to all the Islanders before we did the live show, the final live show. And I remember just thanking them. I said, thank you, because you've really helped me through the last few weeks coming into the villa and everyone. And they were such a good bunch. I can't speak for other Islanders. I just know the ones I've worked with. Yeah. And they were just so lovely and even the the little dramas that would happen in there, they it was just really helped so many people get through a really tough time. So I think afterwards we just wanted to reflect on the good times. And I, yes, I did that show, and there were some lovely moments. Um, and I really appreciate the the people at home as well, and the messages I got, especially after the the live final. Mm-hmm. Um, again, talking that moment of live television because as much as you can do a record when you do something live, like you don't know what way is going to happen, you don't know how you're going to feel in the moment. Um. Uh, and it's scary sometimes and it was different because it wasn't like adrenaline and butterflies it was a different kind of scary um so I I just wanted to kind of time away from the show before making any decisions going forward and um I I think the show was always going to be a little bit later for the summer series because the fact that they did a winter series but then of course the coronavirus happened I know I was gonna say (laughs) so now you've got the perfect decision yet at all And have you found, like, how are you finding all this isolation stuff? Like, I'm so jealous that you've got Mick. Oh, my God, Mick, my little dog. I'm going to put it out there and say... I'm not hating it. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of could have done with the time, the downtime. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been so lovely, just being at home. Because uh, I kind of felt my house was where my stuff was, not necessarily that I lived there. Um, so being at home and cooking dinners and like this sounds mad, but like one of the things that someone said, what do you and Ian like to do on your days off? We used to love go sh- going shopping, like going to the local supermarket and go shopping with the trolley. And we'd see all these other couples <laughs> having fights together. And we were like, oh my God, this is like, 
real life I love it because our real life wasn't like that it was so we spent so much time away from each other or he'd be doing gigs at night time because he does a lot of stand-up and he's supposed to be on tour at the moment and I could be doing radio in the morning I could be doing shoots during the day I could be doing castings at like mad times and and it was the first time we were just at home together and yeah as I said I'm not hating it what I think is nice about it is that everyone is doing the same thing. So yeah. you don't really feel like you're missing out either. No, you know? no FOMO. The, yeah. like terrible FOMO. Uh, especially like when I first moved to London, there's always, I love going to gigs. There's always gigs on. And I realised there's always some incredible artists playing most nights. And from working in with BBC and MTV, you'd get a lot of invites to gigs. And I used to hate not going because I'd get mm-hmm. FOMO. And I'm actually quite relieved that nothing's on because I can just stay at home. I feel like we're all going to emerge out of this very different. Like, obviously, it's going to be horrendous for a lot of people because we are losing a lot of people. And um, I, I feel like we're still a long way to go with that. I think but it I, hasn't really, I am very fortunate that it hasn't really hit me hard because I, I haven't, I don't know anyone close to me that yeah. is suffering with the mm-hmm. virus or, or or is critically ill. Um, I think for a lot of people, that's very real. Yeah, but I think the world is going to come out of it quite different. I think we're going to become more aware of the way we live our lives. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I also think there's going to be a lot of people that come out of this with a lot of OCD issues, (laughs) germs and cleanliness and people being too close to them. Probably no harm. (laughs) Probably no harm, a little bit of that. Um, And there's definitely going to be a lot of people probably coming out of this pregnant. (laughs) I know, I said that, divorced or pregnant. Divorced or pregnant, one or the other. Um, I hope we come out of this a little little bit nicer. Uh, And there's that lovely video that went viral on the news of, you know, this is the time that kids will remember, like, oh, this is the time mommy and daddy were at home together. Yeah. And played with us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and how do you find it? Have you had any anxiety with it? Like, what's your way of dealing with your mental health, especially in, you know, now that you're kind of stuck at home? Uh, I I actually feel a bit more relieved at, at, at home. And uh, I I definitely had noticed I'd had little panic attacks, not severe ones, but different times in my life um, with dealing with things. And and I noticed the trigger. It's noticing the triggers, what triggers it, what doesn't trigger it, try, trying trying mm. to remove yourself um, from from them. But uh, even I think it was a few weeks ago, and I wasn't feeling that well. But it was it was the it was the day after Caroline's funeral, and I just felt exhausted. And I felt mm. it was the first time I had let myself fully get upset because I felt the whole time I had to keep it together, and I just didn't feel. I just felt exhausted, and I had to go into BBC to do an interview. And then it was. It wasn't. Um, we hadn't reached the the height of of COVID nineteen where we knew exactly all the symptoms, but people were saying, "If you're not feeling well, stay at home." And mm. I remember getting on the tube. And then thinking, oh, am I sick or am I just tired? And and it wasn't about me being sick. It was about infecting other people. So I remember like being on the tube, like trying to stand like 10 meters away from everybody and almost having a panic attack. And I remember like ringing um, Ian and he actually didn't really help me in the situation because he was having his own little like freak out about everything. <laughs> and so I'm like, and I was like, I'm not going to talk to him right now because he's going to make me feel more panicked. And I was also mm. on the tube, so I couldn't get off. And I was like, am I sick or am I just tired or what's going on? And I think everything had built up to what was going on with me personally, to what was going on in the wider world. And it was the first mm. time I'd properly listened to the news that week um, because I'd been in a bubble of what was going on in my personal life and, and losing Caroline and stuff. So I, and I just had this freak out going, 
germs people are near me and I and I, I paced around BBC for about 20 minutes before I went in because I didn't know if I should have gone in or not and uh, <laughs> it was just it was just a really weird moment and I think after that day I didn't really go out again so what would your tip be then for other people because I feel like you're very good at putting yourself in situations that you're nervous about or uncomfortable with like what would your tip be for other people in that situation I think we have one life that is all we have and we need to live it to it it sounds so cheesy but we just need to live it to you know the best that we can um it's full potential and there are so many opportunities that we get I think if you get an opportunity take it if it's something that you're kind of interested in take it it's going to be scary but we just do the same thing all the time and I think being at home now we realize how how mundane it can be to do the same thing all the time so I think hopefully this will make more people kind of jump at uh at opportunities more but my thing is like feel like oh my god that's a book feel the fear and do it anyway but uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna name all every self-help book I've ever read but it's, <laughs> it's uh, be open uh, but it's it's really important to just to live and I think everything that's happened in the past while you realize that once this world is over whatever you believe in afterwards and afterlife like you've lived this life and you can't go back and do it again so just take those opportunities and when when sometimes I get offered jobs my agents sometimes ask me oh would you be interested in doing this or would you definitely say no to doing this or uh, and and sometimes like would you do this film or would you do this kind of thing I'm like do you know what each opportunity is different and I'd never say completely no to you know one particular genre I'm just gonna see if it's something I'm interested in and Mm -hmm. if it is I'm gonna do it and even if it makes me a little bit scared and I've I've done things I've done things and kind of gone god I wish I didn't do that but you know what those regrets they're not the worst in the world because you're like now I've learned something about myself from doing that or Mm. I've I've grown in some way so I don't I don't necessarily regret doing them I just I've learned from them so nothing I can do what is the risk the risk is what you maybe didn't enjoy it as much as you thought you would or maybe maybe you weren't as good or maybe you were better than you thought you were going to be so everything that you do you're going to learn from so my my tip is, is just to go for it and yeah feel the butterflies feel the adrenalines and just live because feeling all those emotions remind you that you're alive ah oh, thank you well I think I needed to hear that <laughs> um, <laughs> I pulled away there for ages and I what I was saying but I hope that makes sense no it did it's great I'm um, definitely from speaking to you I've kind of realized that you do even if you're scared of something you put yourself in situations and you just go for it and yeah. I think sometimes we're all very good at talking ourselves out of things telling ourselves we're not good at something and actually you just need to give something a go and see what happens so I like yeah. that so thank you and, and thank you and thank you um I read read your book and uh I found it really really helpful um and especially just connecting with other people's stories because again when I like I don't know when I meet a lot of people especially in my industry everyone seems like perfect and mm-hmm. and, and knowing that people have their ups and their downs I, I know it sounds terrible because I don't want to get pleasure out of people's downs but it makes me go oh they're real they're, yeah. they're like me they feel it too <laughs> yeah and that's what it's all about so yeah. that's fine you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks babe well good luck um hopefully yeah. you and Ian will still like each other by the end of it like everyone else <laughs> I hope um, so. see how I'm sure you have. will all right thanks babe uh, love babe bye Open Mind, the podcast, is sponsored by very.co.uk.